Hello, this week on Paranormally Speaking, hosted by me, Neil Parks. It's all about haunted restaurants and cursed properties where restaurants are placed upon and open to the public. Uh, A lot of these restaurants have active ghost tours and activity that they allow patrons to take part in. And also things that happen to their staff and uh, people working behind the scenes. What they've witnessed, what they've seen, what they experience on a regular basis. Now, there was one haunted restaurant that I frequented for many years. And it was in Waverly, Ohio, where I grew up. It was called the Emmett House. And I'm sure anyone who is a paranormal enthusiast has heard of the Emmett House, which unfortunately burned to the ground, never to be restored or saved, about six years ago. And a cold January night. I jokingly tell people it was because the ghosts and spirits that resided there were super cold, so they started a fire, and then it just got out of control. But I had been in there many times and had heard many stories from people who ate there regularly and worked there for many years. Uh, One of which was about the lady in black who was either an employee or a part owner many years ago. And she would take patrons' coats from them at a makeshift check-in for coat check-ins. It was just a regular closet, but she would actively stand there, pop in and out of existence, and take your coat. And then you'd go to retrieve your coat. Your coat's missing. And then they would find them upstairs, uh, two stories up, uh, sitting on the backs of chairs in a candlelit room. Someone would light the candles and the ambiance would be peaceful and the jackets would be sitting there on the backs of chairs. And there was also the ghost of old man Emmett who would often hang in the parlor upstairs on the second floor and you would always smell cigar smoke near that area. And as you got into the room, it would dissipate and go back to normal. Now, what's really cool for the eerie effect is this location, the Emmett house, also had mannequins and dummies or stuffed dolls hanging out peering out the windows as you would drive by uh, the main street, turn onto Emmett Avenue, drive down 23 South that takes you through Waverly all the way down to Portsmouth into Kentucky. It goes on and on and on and the Erie Canal used to run right through what's now known as Emmett Avenue 23 South and old man Emmett would stare out the window and peer over the canal because he had investments and properties. And a lot of the stuff that would go import-export through the canal would stop there near the Emmett House. They would drink, they would eat, they would rest because it would also act as like lodging for a while for people who were traveling and they had a place to stay. He would stare out the window and just watch the world go on around him, the world that he felt he owned and belonged to him. His daughter... Uh, was rumored to have committed suicide in the underground tunnel system that went between what is now the library across the street uh, and under ran under the Emmett House to the what's now the First National Bank. And it was because her lover, which at the time was a black young man, was lynched and murdered by men that old man Emmett uh, sent out to retrieve him and kill him because he didn't want his daughter with a black man. 
So when she happened upon the body of her lover, she blamed her father and wanted nothing to, to do with the Emmett name. So she went through the tunnels to escape the Emmett house from where they had locked, had her locked in down there. And she took her own life and died in the tunnels. And many years had passed, of course, after that point uh, to where we are today. And throughout the years, the last 20 or 30 years, there had been people that had come in to do invocations, to do prayers around the property, to try and calm the spirits, calm the energy. But one thing leads to another when you've got a priest and a rabbi and a shaman and a monk and a Wiccan priestess and a pagan priest all coming in, all doing ceremonial blessings it creates a stir, a spiritual stir. It opens sort of a paradox, a portal, a doorway, uh, because one mixes with the other. It's like uh, positive and negative. You, you can't get two positive sides of a magnet to stick together. They reject one another. So spiritually, that's what happened here on this property. And there was a lot of turmoil and negative, negative energy released. And I had experienced it many times myself while touring and walking through the basement and the tunnel area and had paint cans and boxes thrown at me from one side of the wall to the other. I had been pushed while I was down there. I had been grabbed by something. Um, I had seen shadows move along the wall. I had heard crying. I had smelled sulfur. I had smelled what was like rotting flesh. And the list goes on. It, it was truly a very active, active location. And hundreds of thousands of stories to share. I could literally write an entire book series on just the Emmett House. Who knows? I'm 46. Maybe one day I will release an entire book series on that alone. And then there's the uh, Buxton Inn. Uh, that has a ghost cat that runs around the dining area. Uh, from table to table, will brush past people's legs, jump up on the table, jump from table to table, and disappear. When you go to shoo it away, it's not there physically, it just dissipates. And of course, there's uh, locations in Salem, Massachusetts, where the founders of this nation would meet at this tavern that was, of course, way out of the way from Boston. So you had the king's men moving in and out of Boston, keeping a close eye on the revolution before it became a revolution. And our Sons of Liberty were meeting at this tavern in Salem on a back street, out of sight, out of reach from the king's men. And they had no idea what these gentlemen were planning, our founding fathers, that led to the revolution. And it all took place at that tavern. And there was another restaurant that is up from there close to the river that used to be slaves quarters and they turned it into a restaurant the ambiance is still the same they use candlelight they use an old menu that would be something common in the 18th century and you know we dined there we ate there uh drank there we had fun hanging out getting a piece of the history and they had the entire cellar area open where they would hide slaves uh, or where they would house them and our bed and breakfast we stayed in in Bar Harbor, Maine uh, there was uh, slaves quarters upstairs 
that was active in the 1800s and a fire was started unfortunately in that house by a slave hunter and all of the slaves that were hiding upstairs perished in the fire and lucky for us that's where our room was set up in that exact area where they all died so yeah the energy was thick there super thick didn't really capture anything on film but we did witness a lot of stuff happening but nothing to document it other than I guess testimonials from me my wife and mother-in-law who witnessed it but that's what I'll be discussing this week haunted restaurants and cursed properties where restaurants are taking place and where restaurants operate regularly I'm Neil Parks award-winning author children's book illustrator Please hold for an important message from our sponsor. Now playing one of the biggest podcasts of the week on the free iHeartRadio app. Now number one for podcasting. If you believe in ghosts and spirits, then it's probably not shocking to you that there are a lot of haunted restaurants throughout the United States. Most are really old buildings with a lot of creepy history, but others have actually been the site of strange disappearances and suspicious activity. Some even have spooky ghost stories attached to them. You can visit these haunted restaurants all year long, of course, but they become extra special in the days leading up to, which is right around the corner, Halloween. When you're in the mood for a bit of a scare, plus at the same time, you get to eat some really good food. It doesn't get much better. I can start this off with Muriel's in New Orleans, Louisiana. Muriel's is one of the most famously haunted restaurants in the country, located in just as famously haunted New Orleans. The restaurant was founded back in 1718 and has a lot of history. There's one table there that is left unavailable, but every night it gets set with tableware, bread and wine. It's for the previous owner of Muriel's, Pierre-Antoinette Lepardi Jordan, a ghost with a standing reservation. Spooky, I know. He died on the second floor of the place back in 1814 after losing a poker game. And according to Muriel's, there have been a lot of paranormal sightings at the restaurant ever since. Scarlett O'Hara's in St. Augustine, Florida. Scarlett O'Hara is listed in the National Directory of Haunted Places, Supposedly, it's haunted by the man who built the house. Now, restaurant, of course, back in 1879. As the story goes, George Collie drowned in a bathtub there after his fiancée left him for another man. The second floor, where he passed away, is home to the ghost bar, which he is said to haunt. Pugin's Porch in Charleston, South Carolina. Another famously haunted spot in Pugin's Porch in Charleston, a South Carolina city full of ghosts and spirits. Legend has it that the original Victorian home was built in 1888, and the owner had a dog named Pugin. When they moved out, they left Pugin behind, and he is rumored to still run around the restaurant as a canine ghost to this day. But there are other creepy ghosts too, like Zoe St. Armand, who owned the house in the early 1900s and went crazy after her sister died. She fell down the stairs in the home and has haunted the place ever since, searching for her sister's soul. Whitehorse Tavern in Newport, Rhode Island. It's not surprising that Whitehorse Tavern is haunted. It's the oldest tavern in America. The story is that two men showed up at the tavern in the 1720s looking for a room. 
The next day, one was found dead by the fireplace, and the other one was gone. Now people say there is a resident ghost by the fireplace. Limp Mansion Restaurant and Inn in St. Louis, Missouri. The Limp Mansion Restaurant and Inn offers ghost tours to play up their spooky history. The old Victorian mansion has been a popular destination for paranormal investigators and ghost hunters. There have been talk of weird voices and figures, and there really is no known explanation for who or what is haunting this place. Even though the Limp Mansion has left dinner, diners feeling kind of creeped out, it's still a really popular spot in St. Louis. Brennan's Restaurant in, oh, another one in New Orleans, Louisiana. Another famously haunted spot in New Orleans is Brennan's Restaurant. It's haunted by the ghost of Chef Paul Blanger, who died in 1977, but stuck around in the kitchen. He was actually buried where the restaurant's menu and knife and fork across his chest. So it's not shocking that he never wanted to leave. There's also a ghost in the wine cellar of a sommelier named Herman Funk, who regularly clinks bottles. Succotash in Kansas City, Missouri. Succotash is a popular brunch spot right now, but it was once a saloon called Dutch Hill Bar and Grill, dating back 100 years. An old regular still haunts the bar and leaves the smell of cigars lingering. His name was Radar, and he had always sat at the bar with a cocktail in his hand. Stone's Public House in Ashland, Massachusetts. I came close to stopping at this one myself when I was in uh, Salem and Boston touring the state. Stone's Public House has a pretty grisly history. The name is named after John Stone, the original owner. According to the story, Stone supposedly killed a boarder who won a big card game there in 1845, then buried him in the basement. He made a few witnesses help him and swore them to secrecy. Now all of them haunt the bar, making a little bit of a mess and some noise from time to time. Beardsley Castle in Little Falls, New York. As beautiful as Beardsley Castle is, it does kind of look haunted. Located in the Mohawk Valley, it's been featured on the TV show Ghost Hunters because of all of the weird ghost hunters activity and things that go on there. The show Ghost Hunters said that they had spotted spirits there, and there are a few spooky stories associated with this place. But one is about Native Americans who were killed on the property back in the 1700s. Another is about the former owner who passed away there and really never left. Moon River Brewing Company in Savannah, Georgia. This is the next one. Savannah is known for being full of history and spirits. And Moon River Brewing Company is one of the most haunted spots in the city. Today, it's a bar and restaurant, but back in 1821, it was a hotel, the hospital for victims of the Civil War. There are lots of scary stories about bad energy there. And many guests have said that they've seen a woman in period clothing on the staircase. Moon River is now a regular spot for ghost tours. The Whitney in Detroit, Michigan. The Whitney was built in 1893 as a private home and wasn't made into a restaurant until 1987. It's a huge mansion and it has a lot of history. There's even a spot upstairs called the Ghost Bar 
where you can get cocktails like the Witching Hour, guests and employees have said that the elevator moves on its own, and there's a crying woman in one of the ladies' bathrooms, and apparitions have been spotted in photos from time to time. One if lot by land, two if by sea, in New York, New York. Now, I had the pleasure of going into this one. I didn't have a reservation, but I did step in, look around, talk to some people, and uh, left, because really there's nothing else to do after you talk to so many people. They want you to leave if you don't have a reservation. One if by land, two if by sea, is a notable haunted restaurant because it's said to be haunted by the ghost of Aaron Burr, the man who murdered Alexander Hamilton. Apparently, the restaurant used to be his carriage house, and many believe that he, his spirit still resides there. Along with his daughter, Theodosa, they are said to creep around, knocking things over, and freaking out guests. Old Town Pizza and Brewing in Portland, Oregon. Founded in 1974, Old Town Pizza and Brewing truly is old. It's the lobby of the Merchant Hotel which is one of the longest standing buildings in Portland. It's haunted by a ghost named Nina, who has been there for over a century and is usually wearing a black dress, hanging out the basement or even standing near guests as they eat. Supposedly, Nina was killed and left in the elevator shaft on the premises. The ghost of the place even serves a ghost pie. The Twisted Vine in Derby, Connecticut. The Twisted Vine is a building that has been around since the late 1800s. It was once the Birmingham National Bank and was made into a restaurant in the late 1970s. Employees and guests have seen pretty weird paranormal activity, like lights flashing on and off and furniture moving around on its own. They even have a weekly paranormal tour, so they are embracing the overall spiritual vibe. Please hold for an important message from one of our sponsors. Imagine no longer being tied down to your computer, but having the freedom to take live talk radio with you anywhere you go. TalkStream Live introduces our first ever iPhone application. The talk shows you follow now follow you. And your iPhone is now the fastest and easiest way to stay connected to the best talk radio on the Internet. Listen to live talk shows 24 hours a day, seven days a week. Mobile talk radio from TalkStream Live. Now available in the iTunes App Store. Police can't find cause of demonic sounds at a Colorado restaurant. Imagine you're in a fast food restaurant at 3 a.m. Yes, you're probably drunk and or hungover. You hear someone screaming and making demonic sounds. Do you, A, check to see if they're coming from you? B, ask for your Happy Meal to go and run like crazy? Or C, wait for the police to show up because this is the most fun you've had at 3 a.m. in ages. Now, let's say you're an employee at the same fast food restaurant at the same ungodly hour when you hear the same ungodly scream. Do you A, quit and run, B, make the new kid check it out, or C, wait for the police to show up because this is the most fun you've had at 3 a.m. in ages. Fortunately, the staff at a McDonald's in Pueblo, Colorado, chose another option, which is why we have an unofficial record of this mysterious incident. February 13th. PPD watch at about 3.30 a.m. this morning, officers responded to a business in the area of Pueblo Boulevard and Northern. Employees reported hearing a woman screaming and making demonic sounds to include speaking in strange language and barking. They were so unnerved by the sounds 
that they said they would not be going back outside their building until after the sun came up. Three officers searched the area but didn't come up with the the source of the disturbance. Pueblo Police Captain Tom Rummel gave his report on the department's Twitter feed, where it was picked up and reported by the Pueblo Chieftain and Crickets. There have been no other reports as of this writing of any of these or other demonic screams at this McDonald's. What could have created sounds so horrifying that the employees, after even getting an all-clear from the cops, refused to enter or, sorry, exit the building until daylight? Was it an ill woman, as some suggest, a prankster, or something more sinister? Pueblo is an old, old West city with many reasons to be haunted. The Fort Pueblo Massacre... That occurred on December 25th, 1854. Oh my God, that was Christmas in 1854. That's awful, a massacre. Was a retaliatory attack by native Muach UTs over the killing of one of their own that resulted in the deaths of 15 men, one woman from the fort. The city had a number of orphanages and an insane asylum now called the Colorado Mental Health Institute at Pueblo which are traditional magnets for ghosts and screams. And the Great Flood of 1921 caused the deaths of over 1,500 people in the town. However, there's also the possibility that this is one of those apparitions that seem to like McDonald's restaurants. William Morgan died under mysterious Freemason-related circumstances in 1826 in Lewistown, New York and his ghost was heard rattling chains at a McDonald's on the location that was once a Masonic temple. The appearance of a mysterious giggling girl haunting the restrooms of the Idabal, Oklahoma McDonald's, and the occasional flushing with no one around incidences caused one employee there to quit without notice. The McDonald's in Cairo, Texas, is built on the site of a gas station where a child was tragically run over and killed and a mechanic was crushed to death under the car lift of the same McDonald's, causing both of their ghosts to haunt the restaurant now that it's there in place of the old gas station. If you're looking for screams, a McDonald's in Colorado Springs, just up the road from Pueblo, is haunted by the spirit of a Native American who is heard walking and rattling keys and screams have been heard in the kitchen. Rumor has it the restaurant is built on an ancient burial mound. Special thanks to the weak and weird for these stories. The last Colorado tale makes one wonder if the McDonald's in Pueblo might also be built over a Native American graveyard, another frequent source of ghosts and scary sounds and incidences. Is anyone interested in checking? If you ask the employees, the answers are probably A, no, B, hell no, and C, you first. Would you? Well, there's, of course, uh, the Buxton Inn. Uh, I'm sure you've heard of that. And where's that exactly? Uh, that is in Granville. Okay, Granville. Uh, right. That's I think it's, what, like 40 minutes from here? Mm-hmm. Yeah, 40 minutes east. Uh, that is a really interesting location. Uh, I was invited to, like, a... My wife and I were invited. She's like the scully to my molder. Oh, okay, so you guys do this together. All yeah, right. So do. Randy and I know about that. We do. Uh, she kind of ropes me in and keeps me from chasing the moon and werewolves. <laughs> and we were invited to like this 
murder mystery type dinner, get to know each all the X Files. Nice, and we <laughs> we were invited as like the guests of honor. They wanted me to tell some stories and read some excerpts from my book. Sure. And a lot of the people that were a part of it, it was like the movie Dinner for Schmucks. It was it was pretty funny. Oh, look at this place. This is yeah, nice. It was, it was quite, yeah, it is a very nice location. And the bar downstairs is like a dungeon. Mm. And I wonder if they used to keep people during the Renaissance era in that location. But since this land was not um, anything beyond uh, the New World before the Renaissance era, I doubt that that was ever a... a dungeon of torture but it, it does look pretty creepy and in fact a lot of weird things happen in that bar glasses are known to fly across the room a lot of girls when they go to change uh, certain containers for the drinks and whatnot or change the keg uh, they'll feel someone push or grab on them uh, i myself did not experience anything in the bar I did get a sense of something moving around that wasn't physical, but what I experienced more was in the ballroom area where they have a lot of wedding receptions and uh, graduation dinners. Sure. There is said to be a ghost cat that runs around. Wow, ghost cat. Ghost cat. Do you have to do ghost litter? Ghost litter, yes. (laughs) Ghost poops. Yeah, ghost poops. (laughs) What if it's like the worst part of a ghost cat, it still smelled like a cat? And you're like, I don't even get to see this son of a bitch. Like, what? (laughs) Smell it. It's just a cat. So uh, you kind of want to set a can of nine lives out for it to see what happens. (laughs) We're sitting in in one of the tables, and I notice uh, one of the table drapes that goes over the tabletop cloths. It's brushing almost like someone's rubbing their foot against it. And I pick it up to look under to see who's doing that because it's just my wife and I sitting here at this table. And I, I kid you not, I kit, kitten you not, this, this cat, uh, was under the table and all the doors were closed. No one could get in or out at this point. And it's just us, just physical people. And this cat, this solid white cat is under the table. It hisses at me just like that sound and then takes off. But it takes off to where? Because as soon as it disappears yeah. from our sight, it's just, it's, it's so gone. Weird. It was a cat. Available to order now. My first audiobook. Neil Parks presents Truly Terrifying Tales, narrated by me. It's ready to order and download on Bandcamp.com. My other books, of course, are always available to order on Amazon, Barnes & Noble, and Lulu.com. You can also order t-shirts that I designed that I normally sell at conventions, festivals, lectures, and my book signings. I always have the 9-inch tall 3D printed Bigfoot silhouettes available And last spring, my first children's book was released. It was written by my good friend and fellow author, R.L. Walker. I illustrated this book, and it was a major shift in gears for me, considering that my writing and art style has always been dark and scary. To order any of what I just mentioned, you can also go to my email, which is parksparanormal at gmail.com. That is parksparanormal at gmail.com. Standing by. Wow, this is so freaking cool. This is right here in my own home state of Ohio as well. It's a new haunted house restaurant. It's supposed to open in Ohio. Fans of all things spooky and thrilling are sure to love a new haunted house restaurant opening in Cleveland. The haunted house restaurant's opening on July 20th, which, well, let's see. Oh, that was two and a half weeks ago. Great. It's Halloween all year long at this Ohio restaurant. From the moment people come through the doors, we're paying homage to the classic horror and thriller movies. Partner Andre Scott said, Our theme is the haunted house, where the only thing that's scary is how good our food is. 
Artwork in the restaurant features characters from popular movies or shows such as Ghostbusters, Pennywise from It, Jason from Friday the 13th, Cousin, It from The Addams Family, and Beetlejuice. Guests can take advantage of snapping some photos near these murals. The restaurant also has a full menu of scary, good food. Appetizers include Scooby Snacks, Chucky Rolls, Frankenfish Tacos, and more. Entrees are called The Grudge, Final Destination, Bird Box Sandwich, and more. There are also spooky, specially handcrafted cocktails and haunted bowl drinks. The Potion Bowl is sure to be a crowd favorite. Here's what the restaurant says about the Potion Bowl. If you're looking for a bit of bippity-boppity-boom, order our Potion Bowl for a magical spellbounding experience. The Haunted House Restaurant Hours will be 11 a.m. to 11 p.m. Sunday through Thursday and 11 a.m. to midnight Fridays and Saturdays. The restaurant is located at 13463 Cedar Road in Cleveland. Looks like I'll be planning a trip up there in either September or October. That's for damn sure. Yeah, sorry, that's all the time we have for this week. I'm glad you hung in there. Listen to some of the cool stuff that I shared. You learned a little about haunted restaurants, haunted eateries, haunted bars, uh, one of which is here in Chillicothe, Ohio, where I live, and I frequented quite often. It's a little Irish pub called Cross Keys Tavern. Well, it has some Irish lineage attached to it. Not sure if you would classify it as an Irish pub. They don't really serve Irish-centric food. But nonetheless, the brews are good. And uh, the spirits are high, if you know what I mean. Harold is the local ghost that haunts that eatery pub. And he's been known to throw wine glasses and beer mugs. And he normally hangs out in the basement area. And in the basement area, there's a tunneling system that was once utilized by the city. And at one time connected to the Underground Railroad. And that has been walled up since the late 1990s, but you can still see through cracks and crevices beyond that German brick motif, I guess. Uh, That's Cross Keys Tavern. It's on Main Street. It is very active, very haunted, and a really cool place to stop and check out. I mentioned earlier in the show the Emmett House in Waverly, which is no longer there. It burned to the ground, unfortunately. Uh, there are places all over Columbus that are either a bed and breakfast and or a restaurant that they, they happen to be haunted as well. Uh, there are places in Marietta, Ohio, that have uh, restaurants and have a lot of active paranormal activity. Um, I've been through places in New England. New York City has 21 Club, which the spirits of Humphrey Bogart and various other actors and actresses from the golden age of cinema have been seen uh, popping in and out of existence. And no, these are not cosplay or uh, dinner theater actors. These are legit spiritual apparitions, some sort of a non-intelligent haunt, just a repetitive occurrence where they pop in and out of the restaurant and then they just dissipate. It's a pretty cool experience. I'm pretty sure I bumped into the spirit of Humphrey Bogart or the residual haunt of Humphrey Bogart back in 2009. Anyway, that's all the time I have for this week. I'm Neil Parks, your host for Paranormally Speaking. Join me next week. God knows what I'll be talking about. I kind of plan this thing bit by bit as the days go by. And just 
enjoy the weekend. Uh, it's going to be really hot this weekend in the Midwest, probably the South as well. Keep your eyes on the sky. Don't ignore the bump that goes on in the middle of the night. Watch out for ghost lights. Ignore the zombies. Don't let them bite you. Have a great rest of the week, and I'll see you next time. This is Neil Park signing out. Sweet.